Hello, Mr. Cooley. Hello, Mr. Talbot. Do, How are you today? Do people ever call you Cully? Um, it was usually Cooley. Was oh. the, yeah. But it's Cooley. Yes. Yeah, like, it's not spelled like that at all, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. But it's not spelled like Cooley or... No, or Cully. I mean, to me, if I saw it, I would probably have said Cooley the first time. I remember when I was younger, we used to get telemarketer calls and um, they would say, is this Mr. Talbot? Because my dad, when he signed stuff with his two T's at the end, it looked like an H. Mm. And I don't know... <laughs> The uh, the old school telemarketing was based off of signatures. Signatures. <laughs> I was going to say world. maybe maybe they were thinking it was like French, like a uh, you know oh, like French oh. words with one T at the end are usually mm -hmm. silent T, like Margot or something. Right. Is or escargo. E a u x x. E-A-U. <laughs> that, that too, I guess. <laughs> However you spell it, yeah. Um, yeah. What's up, man? A anything new for the for the listeners to grab on to? Um, nothing really new for me, although my girlfriend recently completed a half marathon um, yeah. over her birthday weekend, which is not something I would have chosen to do ever, but also especially <laughs> not over my birthday weekend. So I give her mad props, super proud of her. Um, it was it was fun. We It was in Oklahoma City, so we went down there um, Friday. Um, I took the whole day off, and we drove down there and got there like around 1 or 2 and hung out there, um, did her like birthday celebration that night because she had to race on Sunday. So Saturday we mm -hmm. just uh, took it easy and didn't do a whole lot. <clears throat> that day but um yeah it was fun i had never really been um to an event like that um there's one time years ago that i watched a friend run a marathon but i didn't like start at the beginning so i didn't like see the whole like grandeur of it but mm. um it's pretty cool to see all those people there and um everyone like there's just kind of this like electric feeling in the air um at yeah. competitions or events like that um but I, we got up at the butt crack of dawn on Sunday morning and um, walked over to the... We got a hotel downtown, which is where the race started. So we just walked over to the the start, basically. Um, and then I had the most expensive bird scooter ride of my <laughs> life as I was riding all over town trying to watch her run this race. But it was fun. Um, and I would say if you're going to watch someone do a marathon or a half marathon, the bird scooter thing is the way to go. If so you don't you're like... Lug a bike. You're cutting her off at certain points. Yeah. Yeah. I had the race map up on my phone, which it was, it was difficult being in a city that I didn't know, you know, that I was not familiar with because I didn't know any of the streets or how to get anywhere. So I'd have to pull up the race map and figure out like a cross street um, on that map. And then I'd have to go into Google Maps and navigate to that. Like I'd have to find that cross street and then navigate to it. And then ride my scooter up there, and there's a lot of closed roads because of the marathon and stuff. So wow, um, it was like this this kind of fun puzzle, but I felt like I could like get around all the barriers because I was on a scooter and I was doing the marathon thing. So did did she see you like at those <clears throat> points? Like yeah, yeah. The first one, um, I went up just to the five mile uh, checkpoint, and 
she was still in a pretty big pack that time. So I was like really nervous I was going to miss her, but she mm. saw me and waved, waved me down at first. So like, <laughs> if not for that, I probably would have missed her. Um, but then after that, I saw her, um, two other times and, uh, wow. I was able to pick, pick her out of the crowd, but dude, a marathon is such, that's such a wild thing. Like how, yeah. how was she training for that? Yeah, game. so she she did the um, like she has a Garmin watch and they have training plans built in um, to the app. So she just did a half marathon um, training plan through that. But then she'd also been doing a pretty cardio heavy like workout um, regimen at this gym that she goes to. So she she had the cardio capacity um, pretty pretty well built up. It was mostly just like the leg conditioning of um, running that she had to had to get uh, up to speed, but <clears throat> yeah, she, she was pretty diligent about her, her training. And I mean, she, there's obviously some days that she like skipped or rearranged or yeah. whatever, but, um, she definitely was ready and she looked really strong the whole time she was running her, her goal was to finish in under two hours and she finished, um, in an hour and 58 minutes. So it oh, was really cool wow. that like she had never never done anything like that, and then just to say, like, yeah, I'm gonna really try to do it in under two hours, and then do it. You know, it was really cool. So, so she had never she had never ran a marathon before. This is the well, she did a half marathon. Let's oh, not, that's right. Let's not yeah. give her too much credit. Yeah, <clears throat> but, but yeah, I no, mean, she, that's like she <laughs> hadn't. And half she's not the distance. <laughs> she's not really a runner either, which right. is the the wild thing. Like the whole thing is, it's the. Uh, the marathon and the half marathon, that whole event is the memorial for um, the bombing that happened in OKC um, mm. years and years ago. But um, so she just like kind of decided that because it fell over her birthday weekend that she wanted to do that. Um, she was going to mm. do it um, last year, I guess, but uh, it obviously didn't happen because of COVID. So she had kind of yeah. started and then started training for it last year and then got pretty ready for it, but then stopped because they canceled it. Um, and then she started training again in like the spring ish time frame, and had been doing it since then. So, yeah, that's yeah. there's always a long, it's a long training thing, right? Like you said, she you said the spring, and this was just last week, and yeah, so yeah, I mean, I I think the program that she did was basically like a from zero to half marathon type cool. training thing. So it like you know, started at, you know, three or four miles or whatever. And then, um, I think the longest training run that she ended up doing was like 11 miles and mm. which like you figure if you can do 11 miles, you can do 13.1. Um, mm. but by the sound of it, the, those last couple miles really, um, were more challenging than maybe she had expected them to be just, I mean, she's, she's super sore and kind of like limping around right yeah. now, which I, I feel bad, <laughs> but she was not that way after the 11 miles. So like, there's something about that extra two miles that is um, easier, easier what, said than done. What did she do when, when she was done? You know, like that night. What 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 was it like? So <clears throat> she she ran on Sunday. So then, basically, immediately after she finished running, we walked back to the hotel. Probably like an hour after she finished, we walked back to the hotel packed up all of our stuff, checked out of the hotel, and then drove back to Kansas City, which was a five-hour drive. So, Oh, my God. Um, not Rug. ideal <laughs> to finish a half marathon and then sit in the car for five hours, but um, she sat in the back and, like, kind of laid her legs Let up. Let her legs so out, she, yeah. yeah um, 
and she she slept for like probably half the car ride um, mm. home, and then she was like super hungry after the race, so we we crushed some chipotle. She actually she ate her whole chipotle bowl, and then I didn't finish mine, which is a rare occurrence in and of itself. But then she <laughs> she finished my bowl too, Your which bowl. like she never eats that much. Um, but then we got home, and she was like really wanted pizza so we got pizza um yeah so yeah just trying to replenish all those carb calories that she burned off so man that's awesome i i would love to do something like that do a marathon or or whatever i you know because i love to run but just i don't even know how it really works competitive competitively now with Mm. my schedule and where we're always going um, you know, like, do I wake up after a show and find a 5k race or something that next day, you know? And, yeah. and sometimes we're sleeping in the van or whatever, the Airstream, um, with my wife and stuff. So it's like, it's not ideal <laughs> to be like sweating right. my butt off for an right. entire day. Not, not a marathon. I'm not even talking about doing a marathon. I'm talking like 5k, maybe 10k. Like yeah. that's my... I've, right. I I would like to be that guy that like the local hero is like, who the hell is this? Like <laughs> watching me run and yeah. just piss him off. But well, I think um, that's a that takes a specific lifestyle of yeah. people that just like running those things mm-hmm. all the time. But I feel like you know you just pick a pick an event that you want to do that's far enough in the future and just plan your schedule around that. You know, like no one unless you're really conditioned to do it regularly no one just like on a whim is like yeah i think i'm gonna go do that marathon yeah i'm gonna go do a marathon (laughs) (laughs) you know there is there is quite a bit of lead up to it so do you ever um, think about um doing some kind of competition or something like that man it's it's tough like i always say no to that question when people ask me like i we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I, I work with a lot of people that are constantly doing triathlons and Ironmans and all these like just wild feats of endurance just because that that's their thing, you know, and I am not into that at all. But I cannot deny the fact that like when I was there and like felt the energy of like all these people who had trained up for this thing and like there's definitely something to that that I think would be rewarding and super fun and the reason I would want to do it is just to like um, prove that I could because I hate I hate running. It's like the thing I hate the most in terms yeah. of like physical activity. So it, it would be a good um, thing for me to like do that just to say like I did it and I don't do it anymore because I don't like it. <laughs> Not just because so, I can't, but so she kind of crushed. I mean, she she thought she was gonna do like two two. How many hours did you say? She said she wanted to do it in under two hours was her goal. And she did it under two hours. Yeah, by two minutes. So she so. Tot- totally met yeah. what she was wanting to do. Right, yeah. And I mean, she she had a realistic goal. Like she knew what her pace was um, from training and stuff. But I think uh, she said like just being kind of in the atmosphere, um, you, you kind of naturally push a little bit harder when you're around all the people. So um, mm. I think, you know that worked in her favor, but I also think that's probably why she was so gassed at the end. Yeah. She, was probably, she was probably pushing harder than maybe she had expected to either earlier on or um, toward the end. So I've noticed uh, that like when I go on a run in a public space, I, I am much faster 
Yeah. <laughs> because like, I don't know what it is. Even if people are just driving by, like I'd feel like if they look over on the side of the road and see a guy's running, I want to be like, um, I want to be, be running at a speed that they're like, okay, yeah, that guy should, I should be doing that. You know, mm, I don't, yeah. I don't want them to be like, why is that guy even out here? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You, uh, you don't want to be out running looking like you don't have any business <laughs> yeah. running, which yeah, is I what know. I look like when I go running. So that's why <laughs> that's I don't right. do it. There's like certain um, things you can wear that probably make you seem more like a runner. But um, like Nick has showed me some of the Instagram stories that he's taken of me running, and I'm and I look back at him and I'm like that is that's terrible form. Like yeah. I am <laughs> so like it's I don't know. I'm always trying to I'm always trying to do better at it and stuff like yeah. that. But I. Yeah, that's dude. That's really cool that she did that, and and that you were there, and you guys, you know, you had a good time. I'm sure you, it wasn't all just about the race, but right. Did, so, but you left right after the race, so you guys didn't have a lot of time to chill out. No, not after. Um, but like we we hung out with some of her friends Friday night for her her birthday was Saturday, but we mm-hmm. did the celebration, like went out to dinner and stuff Friday night. And then Saturday we chilled out at the hotel pretty much all day, um, except for we went to lunch with her family. But then, yeah, after after the race, um, like she got up at I think five a.m. because um, the race started at seven thirty, so she got up and started like eating and hydrating and stuff at five. Um, we walked over to the start, and then she ran for two hours. Um, wow! And then we we hung out at the venue, like at the finish line area, for probably an hour afterward. Just. Um, so she could catch her breath and, and kind of get her feet back under her. But then, yeah, after that, we pretty much bounced. That's so cool, man. Yeah. I, I love that. Do you feel like there's a part of you with, you know, I mean, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast a ton of times, like how important, um, health and fitness is to you. I mean, do, yeah. you, do you feel like there's any part of you that, even though with what you said earlier that, you know, you always answer that question the same way, but, but, but do you feel like, do you feel like you every day, um, short of meeting the expectation you have for that day is enough for you? Mm. Some days I do. A lot of days I feel like I don't meet the expectation that I had for that day. Yeah, but it's um, just from you though, right? That right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, there are some days, like I used to do CrossFit a lot um, in high school and college. And I, I was an athlete like my whole life up until I graduated high school. Or um, So there's definitely this like competitive nature um, and bone inside of me. And like when I, anytime I go do um, like a workout with Lauren, like she she does this like group fitness um it's it's kind of crossfit esque but it's not not crossfit um but i went and did that with her uh, a couple months ago and i just felt like i had to compete with everyone in the room like i it's just this thing that i have and it's i, I don't know i don't know what it is but um so there's definitely part of me that thinks about that like i did a crossfit competition once and it was super fun um but i I am hesitant to become this guy that is always chasing competition um, because mm-hmm. I don't really want that to be a master in my life, you know. And 
um, talking about like expectations. I would have this insane expectation of myself to like take it super seriously all the time. And like, if I, if I wasn't performing, you know, at a certain point, like the competitions are fun or whatever, but if you're going to spend all the time and all the energy to train and the money to like sign up for these competitions and stuff, like I would have a hard time just taking like the participation trophy. I would like mm. really have this high expectation of myself to like be a top competitor in whatever thing I was doing. And yeah. I'm trying to be cognizant of those sorts of things in my life because I don't necessarily think that that's a, a super healthy pursuit for me just because I know how it consumes me. In, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. That, that participation trophy thing is, is interesting, is an interesting thought because I, you know, just thinking about, you know, Rivers, my son growing up now, and um, I will definitely not be like a sideline dad. I just right. don't know enough about sports to like be the Friday Night Lights dad that's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is all, all the calls and stuff. This is all <laughs> you're ever going to have, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, um, but I've been thinking about that too. Like, I want him to feel some sort of, gratification for accomplishing it but i don't mm -hmm. want him to feel like third is first and right and i'm you know um running my whole life and doing cross country and stuff when i was in high school um i always had people telling me like well just the fact that you're doing this is really great and that's that's great for you but that mm. The expectation I had for myself was so much higher. Like I, right. I wanted to beat everybody that I ran against, and right. it's, you know, man. Even like just running on my own now, not racing. Um, when I come back, because I got a Garmin watch too that I love, but when I come back and don't hit the times and stuff on the miles that I want to do, I, I get, I get pretty down like yeah i mm -hmm. i expect i expect myself to be able to do what i did um when i was like 30 pounds lighter back in high <laughs> right. school you know and but there's also a strength now that i have that i didn't have back then so i i'm trying to i i try to balance all this in my mind like well i'm stronger now and maybe even mentally i am more equipped to get these times and stuff when, than when mm -hmm. I was a kid. And, um, it, it, it can bring me down pretty hard. Like my, my wife would say, would tell you, I get back from a run. She's like, how'd it go? And I'm like, I just shake my head. Yep. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's how I, uh, that's how I come back from the gym. A lot of days. I, I was actually talking to my girlfriend about this on the way back from the race yesterday. Like I've been in just this I kind of alluded to this last week when you asked me how I'm doing and I said I always lie. <laughs> Maybe people could could read the subtext of that and notice what I was alluding to. I've been in just this like non-ending terrible mood for like the last couple months mm. and I I don't really know there's a lot of factors playing into it I think. Um but one of the things that cons consistently has been bringing me down on a daily basis has been like my my performance in the gym which People who listen to this, who work out just like for the sake of being healthy and stuff, yeah, which might is good. Not, 
might not understand what I'm about to say, and it might sound like <laughs> a completely ridiculous thing, but what you have to understand is like fitness and lifting and like bodybuilding to some extent is like a passion of mine. I like the puzzle of it. There's a lot of science and, and all details and all these things to, to figure out. And I like to tweak and optimize all these variables. So it's something that I spend a lot of time and energy on. And lately I've just been feeling like despite all of my best efforts, I'm just not getting the results or the performance out of my body that I used to or would expect myself to like at this stage in my quote unquote training career. Mm. And that like when you said you come home and just kind of shake your head, like I can relate to that so much because Lauren will often be like, how was the gym? And I will feel like I have to lie and say it was good because in my yeah. head it's, it's such a ridiculous thing to be upset about. And you spent your time there. Like you, you, right. you spent your time there and you put this effort in that she knows you care about. And so mm-hmm. you coming home being like, oh, I didn't really do it. To her, she might hear well, like, then what did you do? But it's <laughs> right. not like you, it's not like you went there and just walked around. Just pissed around. Yeah. Yeah. And like <laughs> when you said someone would tell you, oh, well, it's so great that you're even doing this. That yeah. just like made me want to vomit. Like I, I know that's what I, I get. I told, I get told like that. that all the time about running. Like, well, at least you're out there running. And I'm like, well, I don't, I mean, do you do the things that you love to do at a capacity just- that is like, well, I'm just with everybody else on this, right? Like uh-huh. if you're building furniture uh-huh. and, <laughs> And you're like just as good as everybody else. Nobody's gonna mm-hmm. buy your stuff, right? Like, don't you want to be? Don't yeah. you want to excel? The thing with going to the gym too is I'm not surrounded by average-looking people all the time. Like this, right. I, like I, I get this feedback a lot from people where they're like, "Well, you have like you're way jacked compared to me." And it's like, okay, but you don't go to the gym, bro. Like, so I would sure hope I have a little bit yeah. more muscle on my frame than you, but like <laughs> I go to the gym, dude, and I'm surrounded by bodybuilders, right? like giant dudes, like people who take it as seriously or, or more than I do. And, um, so does that, br- that bring you down a little bit? It does. <laughs> yeah. Like you would think it would be motivational. Like I usually like, I'm going like, to get that big. Yeah. But I, I usually feel like I look pretty good in the mirror at home, but then I go to the gym and I, I feel like I look like this emaciated frame of a man compared to some of these dudes walking around. Like, and I mean, you shouldn't compare yourself to others and all, and all that, you know? Yeah. I, I do, I do subscribe to that mindset, but it, it's tough and it, it definitely, it definitely uh, hurts my brain sometimes. And it's just this expectation, you know, like uh, I love the, I love the, Wow. I love the quote, expectations are the thief, is the thief of joy. Mm. Like it makes it really hard for me to enjoy things that I care about because I have this expectation to be really good at things all the time. This is an expectation of myself. Like most of the things, the expectations that I felt I've had on my life, it's easy for me to pretend like they're external, but most of them aren't. A lot of them are things that I have imposed on myself as this like high standard of performance or um, like w- you name it. Like I feel like I have to be the best at it and it's really hard for me to find any sort of joy in anything that I do. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's not even about, not only about the expectations that you have for yourself, but like, 
you know, the expectations that we put on other people from, from what we want. I mean, I'm, I'm mm. thinking to like relationships where mm. you come into it expecting a lot of your needs to be met or whatever, and they just aren't. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember like some of the best advice I got before I got married was, um, put all of your expectations on the table because they're not going to be met in so many ways for so right. long. And it's not easy to ask someone to, to meet an expectation for you because right. you, because me personally, I feel like I'm being selfish being like, Oh, can you do this for me? Mm-hmm. When, when I expected maybe like, I don't know, just it's a simple, stupid married example is like laundry. Right. Right. <laughs> Like I'm going for my run um, three days after I've k- kind of exhausted my workout clothes or whatever. And we, we don't, I don't have a lot of workout clothes because we mm-hmm. live in an airstream. So like minimalist. Yeah. Yeah. I have like three pairs of shorts. Right. So like day three, I'm, I'm ready to go on my run and it's, it's just not there. And so I'm like, kind of re-wearing my shorts and I'm not dogging on her at all. It's this expectation I have of her to complete what I didn't even really communicate very well. Yeah. For her to have, mm-hmm. you know, relationally it, the expectation thing is, is stupid because it's, it's, it can hurt that other person if you're not actually like, you know, and neither you and I are very good at like communicating what we need. It's <laughs> yeah, always because after we, te- the we, fact. we tell ourselves that we're, uh, we make ourselves feel guilty for feeling like we need things. Yeah. You know, and we're asking for it. Yeah. And it, the way that usually comes off is that we're just assholes. Right. But really, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying to be, we're trying to be selfless. Mm-hmm. But in but that usually makes us selfish in like the way that we respond to things and like yeah. the way that we, we, like kind of hoard our time because we don't, we don't want to whatever. Yes. Instead Uh, of me saying like day one of, of that three day run of my, my clothes that are going to run out instead of me being like, Hey, you know, this is day one. And like two days from now I'm going to be out and her being like, okay, I'll, I'll make sure stuff's mm -hmm. good. I'm not saying that all my wife does is, is my laundry, but we have these separate tasks. Yeah. Yeah, we take care of each other in these ways. And, um, you know, it would be better for me to, like, kind of make that known rather mm-hmm. than, like, day three being like, where the hell are my shirts? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that's a great point. Like, in relationships specifically, I think, like, everybody has expectations of other people and of relationships and... um I think I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, right? But I think the bad part is when you don't communicate what those are to the person who's supposed to f- fulfill that expectation because then you're in this position where you're just like frustrated at them for no for a reason that seems valid to you but that they had no idea was a thing that you were even thinking of, right? So it's this weird like uh recipe for disaster, but for some reason we feel like having expectations of other people is selfish or, you know, we feel guilty for it or, or whatever. It's not like, yeah, but you should be able to share 
you should be able to share those things. Like, yeah. even if it's, hey, I wanted you to do this and you didn't do it, mm-hmm. and have that other person be like, well, I can do that. Yeah. You know, like if that person comes back and says, that's a completely unreasonable request for you right. to make me, like, I, I get that. I mean, I have a lot of unreasonable <laughs> requests <laughs> to my wife, but, but some of them are reasonable and like just with her schedule and, and things that she has, um, she can get very busy and then, mm-hmm. she, you know, taking care of a baby and then also taking care of a, another, uh, 29 year old baby <laughs> right. like me, it can be a really difficult thing. And it, it happens to me too, uh, with her. Um, so like, I've always had this weekend mindset in my mind, even though what I do is kind of up in the air, like when I'm playing shows and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But like when Saturday comes, if I don't have a show, I really do treat it like the weekend. And the hard part is most people on the weekends, they hit like the weekend warrior thing. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've watched my dad do, you know, projects throughout his Saturday and and Sunday morning, and then Sunday afternoon. That's when he finally kind of sits down and right. relaxes, you know, for like a half a day before he goes back to work. Mm-hmm. But even me, I've I've um I've adopted it a little bit because because I want. I'm usually working Monday through Friday, even if we're not playing shows. And so mm-hmm. then when Saturday comes, I start to peel back <laughs> quite a bit on the stuff I'm doing. But all week, I haven't been doing things for my house or my right. home. So there was this expectation, I think, um, especially with my wife growing up watching um, her dad work all week and then come home on the weekends and do house stuff or like projects, right? Right. Because you don't have time for that during the week. Right. Um, So I I sort of, like when Saturday hits, I sort of like don't do any of that stuff Mm. that that she might expect expect me to do. And um, I've been trying to get better at um, like knowing if I spend all day working on these projects and stuff with the Airstream or whatever it is to – to make them better that in the evenings um, later I might be able to do something that I want to do. But yeah, man, I mean, I also along those same lines, I have a problem feeling like I have to ask for some sort of permission mm. for that, you know, to just hang out. Exactly. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I, I can't really empathize with that because I live in an apartment and I (laughs) don't really feel like I have to do any upkeep. But I I mean, I I usually on the weekends, I do try to at least accomplish like one or two cleaning chores to justify the fact that I'm going to sit on TikTok for the the remaining 12 (laughs) hours of that day. (laughs) You know, I go to the gym, I, I, whatever in the mornings and I try to at least like do the dishes or do my laundry or whatever. And, um, but yeah, I, I get it. I, it seems reasonable to me on both sides, like her expectation of you to kind of be, to be that role on the weekends, but also your expectation to not have to do anything on the weekends are both valid. So it's, it's a tough uh, balance to strike. Yeah. I think if I could get better at not feeling like 
at the end of a workday during the week, I deserved two hours of doing whatever the hell I wanted. Like <laughs> yeah. if I could, if I could give that time up and do some productive stuff to, yeah. to kind of help along, then maybe the weekend wouldn't feel so, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of stuff to do to the Airstream when we get back from a trip, especially like there's, there's a lot of maintenance, like that thing rattles down the highway for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles. So it's right. just this kind of stuff that, that needs done that's simple, even if it's just refilling propane or, you know, yeah, um, making sure that it, that a cabinet closes right after a long trip or something. It's just, I need to, I didn't mean to make this part of the conversation about me realizing that her expectations for me aren't all that bad. <laughs> hey, maybe, I, just, I mean, otherwise would you have a, come to that conclusion? Maybe this is a, a therapeutic experience for you. Yeah. Saying it out loud, it's, it, it does make me feel better. I, and there's expectations I have for her that, that she doesn't fulfill. <clears throat> and it's not, like I said, you know, with the beginning of this conversation, um, you and I both feel like people, well, we have a hard time uh, asking people for things, mm -hmm. even if it's something that we feel like we deserve to have or if it's something simple. I, yeah. I go through that all the time. I go through that with with Nick and work and um, other people that work for us and and also my marriage. Yeah. It's it's difficult. Yeah. What do you think about just like expectations? I wonder how many times we've said that word so far in this episode, but that's going to be the <clears> title. <laughs> uh, expectations just like for life in general. I know that's vague, mm. but I think the more yeah. I'm sitting the more I'm sitting here thinking about like my shitty mood I've been in the last couple of weeks. Mm. A lot of it comes always comes back to this idea of like my life feels boring compared to what I expected it to be when I was younger. Like when I was in college and I looked at, you know, my, my twenties, my mid twenties, like gainfully employed, good job, all these things. Um, there's just, it feels like there should be more, you know? And I think mm. this is something that you and I have talked about a lot offline. And I think it's something that a lot of people can resonate with. That's why I want to bring it up. Like, is there just this unrealistic expectation that we have when we're younger that like adult life is going to be this great thing when in, in reality, like even if you score, cause I, I'm not going to, I've said this before. I'm not going to pretend like I have a bad lot in life. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I know I've been dealt some really good cards. Like, um, I, I, I won the lottery in terms of where I was born and like the family that I had and the upbringing mm -hmm. that I had and all these things working for me. But then I also like worked really hard. I was able to go to college and like, I got a really good job and all these things. So I'm not trying to pretend like, woe is me. I have this terrible life. But right. my question is like, even like in, in those examples where you grow up, you're on this path of success or you're doing all these things, blazing the right trail you kind of in the back of your mind feel like you're eventually gonna um, like hit hit the land of milk and honey or hit the, the golden trail or something and, and, and you're gonna have this amazing payoff but then 
you're just hit with a, a tax bill on every yeah. paycheck, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is it this unrealistic expectation that we have, I guess, and where does that come from? Yeah, you know, ever since we were kids, we, you know, if if you come from a family like you kind of mentioned where everything is okay and you're not like hurting month to month and, you know, I, and we are both very aware that, that that is a reality for a lot of people, but you know, for you and I, we, we, ha- we had a good, um, like I never felt like we were needing right. when I was growing up. It, it was always, um, it was always there, you know, because of what my dad worked his job and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, when you're a kid, you know, you, you up until a certain age, I don't know what it is, maybe 10 or 12 or something you have in your mind that you could be anything. Like I remember sitting in the cafeteria with some of my buddies back in the day and, and like we'd go around and just be like, what are you going to do when you grow up? And like some of them being like, I'm going to be a pro football player. Right. I'm going to the league, man. Yeah. Yeah. Or like an astronaut or something. Right. Like when, when you're young, you can, in your mind, it, it almost, uh, strings you along and pulls you along to think that you could be anything that you yeah. want to be. And the the expectation that life life is real and and when you're a kid you don't think about bills or, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, taxes on every paycheck. Like it's it's not really a thing. Like you think you asking your parents for ten bucks to go to Subway or whatever is not a big deal. Right. But like you know those little things add up and I think there is an expectation as a kid where you you think you could be anything and then um a necessity kicks in right Mm -hmm. and and that's okay you know yeah that that necessity yeah I I don't know what did you want to be when you when when you were really little I wanted to do what I'm doing. Are you serious? Yeah. Even when you were a kid? Wow. When I when I was like in um, middle school and high school, I thought if I'm not going to be a rock star, I'm going to build like these, it sounds so Iron lame. Man suits. But I wanted like at the time I wanted to work for Apple and like do like the iPhones and stuff. And then sure. I, re- I realized I didn't want to live in LA, you know, but like, <laughs> that kind of like consumer electronic, you know, like design, engineering, inventing things that, that was like, I had this, when I was a kid, dude, I had like a notebook that I just like had all these drawings of like stupid invention ideas that I wanted to build, you know? So like, so cool. That's, that's what I'm saying though, is like, I'm in this position of life where I essentially decided at a really young age what I was going to do with my life. And I got there. I'm, I'm there. Right. And for some reason it doesn't feel like it should. And I, I wonder if it's just because like there was this expectation of this idea of getting there. Like maybe there is no there. Like Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating what I'm trying to say, I think, but <clears throat> I feel like I'm at the place where I should be enjoying every aspect of my life. And I know that there are really great, th- and like, I do enjoy my life. I'm not <laughs> like trying to be gloomy about it, but yeah. I just have this like funk energy 
over myself right now where I just feel like I can't fully enjoy the things that I have to enjoy because the expectation I had kind of soils it when like things aren't as sweet as you expected them to be. Well, I think, I I don't think you're out of line with most people because um, you're not trying to get on here and say that you don't, like you said, it's not that you don't enjoy your life, but I think most people, I'd like to think they do, I hope they do, feel like they are not satisfied with their current predicament or whatever. And so maybe, you know, maybe it is about what you do for a living and something that changes. But, you know, you hear about people that have all of the financial freedom in the world that just don't feel satisfied. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, that makes me feel a little bit better because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I want, I want to be able to do all the things. And, you know, we've talked about, it. I think we talked about this a lot early on in the first season, but like, it's not all about having helicopters and limousines and stuff like that stuff's cool. Yeah. But it really is like the, the removal of a stress to know that. If some medical bill comes along, if cancer comes along or something, like you're gonna be able to yeah. to afford the treatment for that. But right. something else really interesting that you said was the uh the aspect of there is no like getting there. Getting there is a thing, but like the there, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it's a thing. Yeah. I don't think I'm not I'm not really sure that it is. And I don't know what I honestly don't even know what it looks like. Like I have my thoughts of what being there. But as a musician, I mean there is a big emphasis on um the there, right? Like mm-hmm. have you made it is what yeah, they always right. say, right? Right. But it's like what what is that? I don't I don't know what making it is. Like I can pay for my bills and I can buy groceries. So like, is that making it or is it like when you finally don't even know who you can trust or (laughs) who who your friends are? Is that making it? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, uh, when you referred to the stories of, you know, people who say, I saw something the other day of some like professor, sociology or economics professor or something saying like, once you make $60,000 a year, anything yeah. after that doesn't contribute to the quality of your life. Yeah. And I, I have such a hard time. <laughs> like, I Except- think, I think there's a lot, I, I do really believe there's a lot of truth into that, in that sentiment and, and like the money doesn't buy happiness thing. Like, I fully believe that because it can cause a lot of problems for you and you can also get in this position like we kind of alluded to where you're just chasing things like buying the Mm. helicopters and always trying to fill this void in your life, right? All that being said, it would be really nice to know what it's like on the other side. Like if I'm going to feel unfulfilled, I'd rather be rich and unfulfilled than broke and unfulfilled. Yeah. (laughs) Like... It, it's hard for me to hear some millionaire be like, or billionaire or something, be like, man, just trust me, okay? It's not as great as it seems. And then drive off mm-hmm. in his, you know, or fly off to his private island or whatever. It's like, all right, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's not even for me, 
it's really not about how it appears to people. Me being in a nice car or anything like that. Like, right. I feel good when I sit down in a new vehicle. Yeah. And and there's just something about that. And, um, you know, like I talked about earlier, just the security when something when something happens out of your control, just knowing that you don't have to throw it on a credit card or something that right. that has a certain limit, like you can afford, you can afford that. I when I was a kid, I never, you know, I never thought about it. My parents, um, when I was a kid, we grew up, um, you know, we didn't have a lot in our early years of life, and um, just full disclosure as we got older, like junior high to high school, my parents were, were definitely okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like financially, they didn't, they didn't really have to worry about month to month stuff anymore. But like my parents told me when they first got married, they had to put their credit cards in it. This is what they chose to do. They put their credit cards in a, in a popcorn bowl filled with water and then threw it in the freezer mm-hmm. because they like, had to stop using those t- to get rid of their debt. And, um, you know, a while back you showed me this guy that I can't remember his name now. Maybe you'd remember that guy that wrote that f- father. Book. Ramit. Yeah. That's <laughs> Ramit, who it is. Ramit right? Sadie. Yeah. Yeah. He's, father. He's, Ramit. <laughs> he's awesome. Um, yeah, it's great. But like he has all these, these chapters in his book and in the first chapter was kind of, um, you know, get rid of your debt. Yeah. So I took it really seriously. I was like, okay, this is the first phase of the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So until all of this debt is paid off, I'm not going to go to chapter two. Right. And he said it in a really good way. Like, man, you don't know, like the, the U S itself is 24, whatever trillion dollars in debt. You know, yeah. it's the American way to be in debt. But, but I expect more out of myself. I expect to be able to have control over mm-hmm. those things, finances, and, mm-hmm. um, and and when when I do feel like I've removed all of that debt, then I'll move on to like investing, right, and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, don't don't we all expect that out of ourselves? Like, you know, you hear something about investing or something like that, and and as a normal person, you think. I should do that, right? Like, I just don't feel like I have the time or like yeah. may, maybe the money. I feel like there's two reactions. There's The one is like, well, that's just gambling. Maybe there's right. a, there's more than two reactions, okay. But one of them <laughs> is that's just gambling. Like, I'm, not, I'm smarter than that. I'm not going to do that. The other one is, well, that's a rich man's game. Like, I don't have money mm-hmm. to invest, so I can't invest. And the other one is I'm not smart enough to figure out how to do it. You know, right? And then there, right. there are obviously the people that do it is is the other option. But yeah, I mean, I think the whole like the whole concept of financial freedom and independence is so appealing. Um, and like, I think maybe maybe that's the thing in my childhood expectations of my life that I wasn't fully ready for was just like mm. still having to to budget, you know, like kind of just the, yeah. the tedium of life. I didn't expect those things. And that's kind of what, what wears me down. Um, is like, I, 
I, I often feel like I still don't have like money to like right. go do the things that I thought I would be able to do at this phase in my life because I'm paying mm. off student loans and like these things that I didn't really understand um, as a the, as a, the a gravitas kid. of it. Right. Yeah. Well, I you know I've been thinking about this with with Rivers, my son is. Um, if we saved a hundred dollars a month every month from when he was born, which we, you know, full disclosure have not have not done yet. Yeah, we are trying to save some, but um, a hundred dollars a month every month a year until he was eighteen, he would have almost twenty two thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a whole year of college, and that's if like you didn't university. invest it. That's if you just put it in a jar. <laughs> exactly. And I and I think, you know, man, there's something so ever since I was a little bit younger than this, you know, in high school, I've thought like I should be saving you know, I don't I don't know how you feel about this. Like should you be saving for something that is a little bit hypothetical? Rivers is <laughs> it's not hypothetical. <laughs> but I mean like for you and your uh-huh. in your life is it worth it like are you saving money for something yeah yeah i think i i think i understand what you're saying like okay um yeah the the answer to that question is yes i think you should i think you should yeah. save for things like i you and i go back and forth on this kind of thing all the time mm-hmm. where like you ask me if i want to buy new mics for the podcast and i say i yeah. want to save up for it like it's not yeah. that I couldn't go buy one right now, but it's that I don't like just spur of the moment going and buying things as I decide I want them because then I mm. would for sure have no money, right? Because I, right, I have right. uh, impulses to buy things all the time. But Well, and the quality of life thing is important too. Like you right. being able to feel like on the weekend you can afford to, I mean, you need that. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have just kind of chosen that a priority for me right now is being able to like go out to nice restaurants and stuff and yeah. like go have drinks at the bar. And, um, mm-hmm. and that, that's like how my girlfriend and I spend our time together too. So that, that is a, a financial priority for both of us. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I tend to prioritize that over, you know, buying toys and, and yeah. clothes and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think to answer your question, I do think it's important to set set goals down the line of things that you want to save for. Um, because like worst case scenario is if you change your mind down the line, now you have this money saved up that you can use for something else, right? Like mm-hmm. in in the case of for your kid, like if you're wanting to set up like a college savings for him and he decides to do something that he doesn't need to go to college for, or he, you know whatever now he has this nest egg of money that he could choose to do something else with if if he wanted to so like you can earmark yes. it for something specifically and you're not going to lose anything on that intention at the time if you decide to change mm-hmm. your mind down the line do you think our parents like i mean i'm i'm 29 now i'm almost 30 and um when my dad had my brother who's older than me i he was 26. Like, do you think that just the financial times that they were going through, it made more sense? Like, I'm not trying to dog on them at all, but did, 
are we do we have a harder time or is it just the fact that we don't think about it the way they thought about it like setting up for the future that's that's a tough question man um because i don't really know what it was like back then but I do have a pretty good understanding of the math of how far a dollar gets you in today's day and age versus how far it got you back then. Um, and just like the college example, that's something that I can talk about because I experienced it and I'm currently paying off student loans and all this. Like, I've done a lot of research on this topic. And, you know, back in the day, um, the average college, like, you know, to go to college was like, $20,000 or something for, right. for all four yeah. years. Now it's like $20,000 a year, a you year. know, and people, people are generally making the same amount of money as they were back then. But college is increased, um, like five to 10 X in terms of how much it costs. So like I, it's hard for me to hear people who grew up in that generation, um, who have homes that are paid off, tell you, you should go buy a house you know, people who don't really understand what the market is like right now because mm. they haven't had to pay a mortgage for a while because they've lived, lived at the same place for 30 years or whatever, you know? So yeah. I think like a lot of the fundamental principles that our parents would tell us about finance and things like fundamentally they're sound, but I think in practice they're way harder now. Mm. Like for me to save up for a down payment on a house seems like an Im impossible feat considering like yeah. all the other things like um you know back back when our our parents were our age they probably were like starting to think about buying a house and stuff and now it's like you have to have a co-signer on a loan or something <laughs> because you can't right. or you have to pay mortgage insurance because you didn't have a 20 percent down payment like all these other hoops you have to yeah. jump through it's insane well that's what what's what we did with um the airstream is um we got a loan for it and you know, I just talked to my parents and said, you know, the, the lender wants a co-signer and I am, you know, they know me. And I said, you, you will never have to pay anything on this. This will never come to you. They just, the fact that you guys are there in, on a rainy day, yeah, you know, they'll be, you, you'll be able to take care of us. We've never had to, we've never had to call on my parents for, you know, I'm, that's one of the things I pride myself the most about, even, you know, through all the financial messy, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Um, I have never been late on anything. There you, know? you go. Yeah. So it's like, there's, there's, there's something there to that. And I think, you know, showing that to my parents as a, as a co-signer on the Airstream loan, it was like, okay, well, yeah, you guys found a way somehow. Yeah. No matter what. And, um, you know, I, man, when I was a kid, I, yeah, I never, I never realized what my parents were, were figuring out and going through. And like, you know, when you're at the store and you ask for that toy or whatever, like you want the new Xbox, right? Like that's not cheap. I and know, for them to, tr to try to figure that out and work that out. I, to be honest, as a, as a budding adult, I lose a lot of sleep knowing all the stuff that like my parents your parents spent, spent on, on me and also how much of a punk I was about like <laughs> things yeah. that I just thought I deserved, you know, just because right. I, I was a kid, you know, I, if I could go back and kick myself in the teeth some days, I, I probably would, but you know, mm -hmm. what can you do? 
All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Similar Vein. Got a little bit uh, open and vulnerable on this one, but, but you know, so I'm saying I'm, I'm going to put my routing number on on the uh, description <laughs> yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. If you want to Ven- Venmo us, uh, just kidding. We're not that. We're not like that. Anyway, thanks for sticking around. Another episode of Similar Vein. Be sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already. Hit us up on Instagram at Similar Vein Podcast. And until next time, we will see y'all. See y'all.